everybody. Welcome back to the 832 Podcast. I'm on with my dad, Josh Still. And today we're going to be talking about um, how we can get better uh, through difficult times, you know, turning to God um, during your ordeals to find purpose in the pain, as I heard in um, a song yesterday, actually. And we actually kind of touched on this... Um, topic earlier, like one of our first episodes, um, Growing in Your Faith During Difficult Times with Jeff Coleman. And today, actually, I want to, because in, in that episode we touched on like methods on how to, um, today I'm looking more to um, talk about personal experiences. Okay. Well then. <laughs> Tell us about your hard times and how they improved. No pressure, though. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, so, I guess this is not a specifically religious example, but it, it, it's, it's one of the ones that I have. Uh, when I was going through basic training, um, anybody who goes to basic training is going to tell you it's not that hard. And looking back, it wasn't. It's just uh, getting thrown into a situation where you're tested physically, you're tested mentally, you're tested emotionally, and just having to persevere through it. And that's really the only way to, um, the best way to get through basic training is to persevere through it. You'll pass as long as you are of a certain acceptable level of physical fitness and you can hit the target when you shoot. And that's one of the easiest things to do because they give you plenty of time to do it but what you find out is you're going to hit a wall at some point during basic training you think I don't think I can keep doing this and then you have to make a decision inside well yeah I am going to keep doing this or you can quit and I mean quitting in basic training is just sad but I knew people who did it and you know, they'll always wonder if they have what it what it takes to, to get through it. And, and now I know I, I did. So it's one of those things that helps you get stronger is, is when you take on something, you're not sure whether or not you're going to be able to do it, and then you do it, or at least you try. And then you'll find out that if you fail, you lived. But if you succeed you did something you didn't know you could do. So that's how general hard times make you stronger and how you can grow in your faith through them is because I relied on God a lot to get me through that. Uh, praying a lot around a bunch of soldiers, you know, it's, it seems odd, but, but it, it, it worked. And then... Um, People like to say whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I have to disagree with that. Because something can hurt you so bad you'd never recover. Physically. Mm -hmm. um, emotionally, you can just about get hurt that bad, but God can always bring you back. And I was in a pretty dark time um, in my last marriage and and 
uh, God took the way she treated me and used it to let me know that I didn't have to let her define who I was, that I should let him define who I was and find my identity in Christ and what he's done for me and who God sees in me because of what Christ did for me. And that was, that was a realization I never would have had under different circumstances. Uh, it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> it wasn't fun. But it took that to get me to a place where I could accept who God thought I was or who, who God saw because I certainly didn't want to accept who she saw. And I certainly never liked who I saw. So the whole point was, was it, am I going to let God define who I am? And once I did, it just changed everything about my perspective. You know, I've been a believer. Not always, of course, but, you know, all my life I've grown up in the church. I've studied a lot. I've been to a lot of... Um, you know, camps and conferences, <laughs> you know, week long, weekend, whatever, you name it. Been on the mountaintop, been in the valley. And um, that particular valley helped me realize uh, where I have to get my sense of self from. So, yeah, things like that. Anything that helps you do that is, is probably going to be hard, it's probably going to hurt. Uh, but probably something that you're better for going through if that's what, what it was going to take. Right. So, um, and now your turn. Cause, you know, right, you're my like, turn. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, before my turn, I want to turn off our little cat water thing because that's been distracting me. I'm not sure if it's getting picked up on the mic. Excuse me. Fair enough. You're still a big man, Dad. <clears throat> you're, you're, yeah. <laughs> There we go. No more falling water. Yeah. Anyways, so now it's my turn. And um, I've got to say middle school was, you know, one of these examples of a, a really difficult time for me, an ordeal. Um, so I mean, far. So far. So far. <laughs> I'm still young. <laughs> Oof. Anyways, so, uh, I mean... For everyone, you know, who goes through middle school, it's a rough time. You know, you have to transition into a new school. You have to probably meet new friends and all that. But for me, uh, my experience was a bit worse than normal because sixth grade, I had to go to a lot of funerals. Yeah, I remember that. I, I, I can't remember how, exactly how many, but it was at least five. Mm. You know, and they they were all they were all older people, so it was sad but not tragic, you know. And there was a bit of grief. There was that understanding of you know I'm not going to see these people in this life again. So that was sad. But what really started to tick away at me to that really started <laughs> breaking me down was. While I was going to all these funerals, um, I was feeling like 
really bad. I was feeling like I was worthless, like I didn't quite matter. And it really hit home, like that That really like got worse when um, I wore like a scout shirt. And because of all the funerals, I couldn't go to every scout meeting. In fact, I didn't go to most of them that year. And I wore a scout shirt to school and one of the other scouts was like, you don't deserve to wear that shirt. You haven't been to these meetings. Mm. He didn't know. He didn't know that I had been going to funerals instead of scout meetings. But it's still a jank thing to say just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. So that really um, started to kick things off for me. It really made me feel bad. And on top of that, I was also um, getting a lot more... I was getting a lot of questions that I didn't have answers to. Uh, that's... Uh, one reason why the apologetics series was so important to me mm-hmm. um, was because apologetics really helped me in my faith because here I, I got questions and I didn't have answers and all I did I was I was literally that Christian that just got louder mm. um, and I'm not proud of that because that 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 ended up hurting uh, my relationship with one of my friends for a little bit and um, now I'm not able to really talk to him about faith anymore because I was that of course he exists ah and like didn't have anything to back that up didn't know how to I just knew that this was right you know uh so sixth grade sucked um you know emotionally uh spiritually I never lost faith I was I was never like god why or like um are you really there it was just like people attacking my faith that was my spiritual part and then seventh grade was pretty good except when it wasn't uh seventh grade um middle school relationships really feel like they count but it's like do they do they really well they count then yeah and then they can shape you then i mean later looking back it always seemed trivial it's like that was like three months that's nothing right but you know when it's going on i i never i never take away from the now and how hard the now can be. Right. And like you said, like they can shape you then. And this one really shaped me because um, we broke up because um, she came out. She said that she was bi. And at the time, I was young and didn't quite understand like where I was and how to handle this situation. So I was trying to actually make it work, which wasn't the right call. If they, you know, and eventually, you know, she ended up breaking up with me over text, and one of her phone, her one of her friends got on the phone and texted at me, "If you break her heart, I'll break your bones." <laughs> and, and um, irks me to this day. Yeah, and. Um, if you can't accept her for who she is, you don't deserve a person like her. And when I was young, when I, then I was like, my immediate response was believing it. Because I had already was believing that I mm. wasn't, wasn't worth much, if anything. So since that was already a bit of a thing in my head, I'm sure that exacerbated that. My, my first thing I told her was, well, I guess you dodged a bullet on that one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so... That was a really rough thing, but eventually, um, I actually, I ended up talking to you, 
and um you helped me navigate that situation it's like no it was it was that, that was the right thing to not fight too hard for that Right. And uh, talking with you, uh, I remember on Sundays we would go to Starbucks and dad would sit me down and he'd be like, so ask me a question and I will answer it the best way I know how. And so I asked him all the questions that I had been uh, uh, getting thrown at me at school and stuff. And here we are. So with that, it was a really difficult time, but I wouldn't change any of it because... I became stronger in my faith because I was able to... Oh, another thing that helped was I got more involved with church. I, that, that will help. Um, I became part of uh, the worship band with flute of all the instruments. Oh, yeah. But Timor let me. <laughs> and I became part of the design team. I think I did my first speech, first message, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all of these things, um, I went through a difficult time, and when I understood God more by talking with my dad, and got more involved in, like, his ministry and stuff, I became stronger in my faith, and I became stronger as a person, and, you know, now I know what I believe, and why I believe it. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the only way it gets deeper, if you, if you know what, and you know why. And then you know how to, you know, get closer to God and stuff like that. And so this leads us to the point where sometimes you don't know what you're learning when you're going through it. Uh, you don't know necessarily why you're going through it. Uh, and his sixth and seventh grade, that's right around, that is exactly when I got out of the army, which was one of the most painful and harrowing and difficult things I've ever gone through as one of those situations where I said God I know you can help me stay in and God said no because (laughs) here I am Um, probably might still be in if, 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 if that hadn't happened and it was nothing I did wrong it was just mistakes were made by my command and I couldn't re-enlist when I wanted to. And then they didn't let me re-enlist. So all that happened and I was I was just crushed because I, I loved being a soldier. I didn't like being a medical laboratory technician, but I loved being a soldier, which was part of it. And um, I was all set to learn some new cool job. And here we are. And uh, then I find out, um, not till years later, in the moment that, um, God took that from me so I could be there for him when he needed me the most. And I didn't know that when I was going through it. I didn't know that would be something that would happen because of it. Um, I just knew it hurt. And I begged God to let me stay, and he said no. But then you find out later, he said no because he had work for you somewhere else that you couldn't do uh, where you were. So here I am. Right. And the, the thing you said about you don't know why you're going through it or what you're supposed to be learning mm-hmm. from it. I think, because uh, uh, I was reading Job earlier this week. Oh, that's that's a fun fun little experiment. And by fun, <laughs> you mean just heart-wrenching and yes. soul-crushing. Yeah, pretty much. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's Job in a nutshell. I mean, it ends fine. 
<laughs> right, but it isn't fine the whole time. In oh, fact, no. none of the time it's fine until right at the end. And that's the thing. Like he he didn't know what was going on. Um, because really, it was you know it was the devil saying, "Hey, yo, God, this dude, he's not he." He will curse you to your face if you don't bless him so much. How about you start, you know, taking taking stuff away from him? You know, summing it up, so, you know, all this stuff gets taken away from him, and Job doesn't know why. And for most of it, like where I was uh, with the book, most of it, uh, Job was like, I still, you know, praise you, God. I still trust you. You are the high God. Mm -hmm. And he even said to his wife, who said, his wife said, curse God and die already. Um, it's really and, nice to have that support at uh, home. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real cheerleader there, huh? <laughs> Just die. And curse God. <laughs> That's, it's not a good look. No, but... But Job said, should we only uh, um, take the good from God and not the bad as well? You, you know, so, something along those lines. And I was like, you know, why why should we um, praise God when, when good things are happening to us and curse him when bad things are? You know, he's God. <laughs> and eventually he's like, he gets into a real big rut, you know, a real bad place. It's like, I wish the day I was born never happened. I wish I was never born. Because he was going through a lot. A lot. I think that's like about when the boils snuck in, I think. Oh, yeah, th this is, yeah, it's right. He starts saying this right after the boils sneak in. And um, he was talking He was talking with his friends, and his friends were like, you know what, maybe you did something wrong. I'm He's pretty like, sure it was you. Nah. And, I mean, what else are they going to say? But, like, man, did, did sure you didn't do anything? He's like, nah. Are you sure? Right. And then it's like, you know what? Y'all just go. I'm... I don't need y'all. <laughs> One of the most sobering things is what is God's answer when Job says, why Why is this? Why? Why, why did you do this to me? Why did you let this happen? God's like, where were you when I made everything? You know? <laughs> right. It's like, you, you don't get to, you don't get to question me. You don't get to ask me, but. I hear, I hear that you're suffering, and I'm going to return what you've lost tenfold, I think it was, something like that. And, you know, that's one of the God, one of the most confusing things. And what doesn't help is that Job is literally the oldest book of the New Testament that we have copies of. Like, all the oldest stuff we have is Job. And so, that's like, one of the foundational texts clearly they went to a lot of trouble to keep keep hold of mm -hmm. and you know god's answer is so humbling because <laughs> it was basically i'm god you're, and not. you're not so trust me on this one right yeah and that was uh it's always interesting to me it's a very unsatisfying answer and if Job didn't, didn't get, you know, what he'd lost back and more, it would be a very unsatisfying story. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you don't, you don't always get everything back and more, but... Right, but that, that is, you know, the, a, a biblical story of what we're talking about, where you go through a difficult time, and 
He ended up better of it, but it wasn't of his own will. It was not on his own understanding. It was purely by the grace of God. He had perseverance. He had perseverance. And he maintained his faith, but that's that's like, that's it. Right. It wasn't like all of a sudden he, you know, he bought the goats or, and sorry, okay, he started planting again. And so because he planted again, things started coming up. No, it was... <laughs> It was by the grace of God that this happened, and he just had, you know, he was, he just went through it. Right. And sometimes, the only thing that you get out of it is knowing that you can re- rely on God to keep you sane through it. Mm-hmm. And to keep you acting in a way that, that honors him. Because, much as I hate to say it, there's nothing like more like I guess emotionally charged, exciting, um, inspiring. Inspiring is probably the word I've been searching for this whole time, but couldn't quite grab it. Here it is: inspiring thing to me than seeing someone who remains um, loyal and loving to God and the people around him when things are terrible. Like, nothing, I, I can't think of something that brings God as much glory as that or more, you know, than, than someone who's going, who has no reason to worship him, has no reason to praise his name at that point, except that the, God, the, the, the Bible says, praise him when you're struggling. But, you know, they're stepping out in faith and they're doing that when things are not good. Mm-hmm. And, um, that that's more of a, of a, of a witness and a testimony uh, to the power and love of God than anything I can think of. So. Right, because it's really easy to just curse God and die. <laughs> or, like, you don't have to curse God. You can just be sour about it. You know, you can just be salty and mean to everybody. Mm-hmm. And that happens, too. You know, you see cancer patients who... Um, can't stand the people who come and you know inter- to entertain the, the 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 sick you know to just make them laugh a little bit it's like they're actually mad that you're there it's rare but it happens but I mean that's just like pathetic and sad and but someone who has a straight up realistic view of it like, I might not get better, but God is still God, and I'm still going to praise him. You know, that kind of thing. Right. There's, um, you know, not, not, not God's going to save me, he's going to heal me, and everything's going to be okay. That, that person's also kind of sad. It's like, because the, the inspiring one is, whatever happens, Right. I still love God. Right. And another kind of biblical example that is like the whole Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego thing. Oh, right. No matter what. Because they were prepared to die. Mm-hmm. They were they were expecting to. Right. And they were still like, but I'm going to praise my God and not you. And, um... God got them out of it. <laughs> but Right, but I mean, and sometimes he doesn't. You know, there were, there were Christians, you know, 
fed to lions in the in the Colosseum in Rome. God didn't save them, but right. they died with his name on their lips, singing praises. It's documented. It's right. It's like they they died holding on to their faith. Right, and that's you can torture anybody into saying anything. Right, you know, like it doesn't matter who it is, where it is. Um, you torch someone long enough, they will say whatever you want them to say. It doesn't make it real. It doesn't make it true. Right. They just said it so you would stop hurting them. And um, but when it comes to like looking death in the face and saying, like that girl at Columbine, you know, they put a gun in her face and said, "Reject God and I'll let you live." It's like, nope, not going to. And they pulled the trigger. You know, God didn't stop the bullet. But that story got out. And, um, you know, didn't cancel out the bad, but it definitely, you know, worked part of that situation to the good of those who loved him. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's up there with him now. and You know, those two, two guys who by all accounts died rejecting God are separated from him now. Um, that's a tricky thing to like line to walk. Um, but if all, if all evidence points to the fact that they rejected God at the, they they were still rejecting God at the time of their death, then you can assume that for eternity, they'll be separated from him. Uh, You could be wrong. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But since they didn't meet the one prerequisite that Jesus states throughout the Gospels, that he's the only way, then you can make that you can make that statement. All evidence points to the fact that they will spend eternity separated from God because that's what they wanted. Right. They didn't want to be in God's presence ever. So. Right, and that that kind of ties into the question of evil, which is very much related to this whole thing. You know, why do good things? Sorry, why do bad things happen to good people, like with Job, or you know, and it's bad things happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and good people bad, the righteous and the unrighteous. So. You, you, you can't look at whether bad things happen to you as to whether or not you're a good person. All you can say is, when the bad things happen, I'm going to turn to the source of all love and goodness. Right. I think it was, uh, and I, I referenced this song again that I, I heard yesterday, Purpose for the Pain. I think it was by this Christian, the Christian metal band Disciple. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I like their stuff now that I've found out that they exist. <laughs> but... Yeah, purpose for the pain, you know, the that you can turn to God and uh, through your pain and he'll find a purpose for it. He can turn all bad to good. You know, there's a lesson that can be learned, you know, and it's not necessarily his plan that all these bad things happen to you, but you can depend on him to help you through it. And at this point, we have to have a rather sticky philosophical crunchy discussion about omniscience um and I mean to to put it just because 
you know something was going to happen doesn't mean you wanted it to happen or that you caused it that actually can that uh, that's come up in small groups actually I'm sure it has and yeah like just uh, like if I know that you're going to like fall uh-huh. I don't want you to fall I know I'm not going to catch you. No, I'm a big man. <laughs> you will 100% hit the floor and all the consequences that come with that will happen. <laughs> right. Like it, like the floor caving in. And, and may- <laughs> <laughs> like, or like a crater where the house used to be. <laughs> right. And so... <laughs> but anyway... But yeah. just because I know that's going to happen doesn't mean I want it to happen. Or, or that you I mean- caused it. Right. And that's that. That's one of those things that people don't understand how all in God went on free will, like, um, and and people also don't understand that just because they weren't punished immediately doesn't mean there's not punishment coming. You know, that's the whole end times judgment day revelation stuff. <laughs> Every evil yeah. will be punished. You know, that was not. Forgiven is not covered by the blood of Jesus, so but people think want it to happen on their timeline. But most of the problem people have with God is that they're not Him, <laughs> right? If I were God, I would do it this way, and right. then you have to. I actually read about this, and it's like, okay, we'll do that, and think of every consequence that happens if you change this thing. Right, and but th- th- that's that's really what it came down to is um, another thing about omniscience and 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 the only way it can be omniscient is to be separated from creation and still be able to um, still be able to engage in it. But you have to actually be apart from it to just to create in the first place. Like hand me that book. It's a great object lesson. So we have this book. It's one of my school books for one of my literature books. But I can turn to any point in this book at, between the beginning and the end. I can read it. I can make notes. I can change it if I want to, even though I didn't make, I didn't write it. Um, but it's all complete. And if I if I read it all, or if I wrote it all, I would know everything that happened from the first page to the last page. Uh, but it would be done. And so basically, all the information. Uh, exists now. Now I would have to read it sequentially, but you know God's not limited that way, so He sees everything now. Like this whole whole thing is done now, and that's like creation for God, but not for us. And so He has given us a lot of rope to hang ourselves with. And so he will allow a person like Hitler to do their thing, although he didn't want Hitler to do his thing. I, I, I firmly believe that was not God's will. And I firmly believe there are people who got the opportunity to praise God in the midst of that pain and struggle, and there's stories about them. About them. Uh, and they're very inspiring. Um, but, you know, God, I don't, I don't believe God wanted that to happen. I believe God said... Uh, Hitler's and, and all the people around him are choosing to do these things and because um, I'm going to punish one day, today it's I'm going to allow it to happen, but people are coming and you know 
some of you will be rescued. But that was, you know. And, you know, God could have intervened or, or something during to D-Day just enough so they all, enough of them got on the beach to make it work. But it, that's not really my purview and it's not, uh, I don't have any direct knowledge of that. So all I can say is God definitely allowed the Holocaust to happen. He definitely allowed the famine and the and the mass murder and everything that happened in Russia to happen and China and all of that. Um, and was always there for the people who wanted him to be there for, wanted him to be there for them. Uh, he was always available to ease the suffering. And the people who went through the suffering and uh, did so with their eyes focused on him um, were still able to bring him glory and find comfort in, in glorifying God even in those times. So, it's a heavy thing though. I mean, that's, that's just right. something you have to kind of accept and take on faith. But, you know, they say God has a plan. He has a big plan. But that person who did that thing to you, that's not, I, I'm not going to say that's part of God's plan. You know? I'm not going to say it was part of God's plan that your girlfriend decided she wanted to be bisexual and <laughs> um, break up with you. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that that was the Lord's fulfilled will. You know, could he have stopped it? Absolutely. Has he limited himself somewhat? I, the answer must be yes. Because if he's playing both sides of the board, he's not good. <laughs> right. So he's not playing both sides of the board. Exactly. And that's... Uh, but that's a hard pill to swallow for people. And I, if people are like really angry and bitter about something that God allowed, you know, that's between them and, them and God. And I, I can't... I can tell them it would be better if they turn to God rather than attacking him because that's been true in every single case in my life mm -hmm. but um, you know people have to make their own choice right I actually heard this quote in Toastmasters one time or that our, our public speaking group at church um, and someone said you can either suffer with God or you can suffer without God. It's true. <laughs> and it's your choice. That is so. absolutely a fact. And uh, suffering with God is, is better. Yep. Mm. Because then there's something to look forward to. There's some level of hope. You know. True. I mean, even if it's just heaven. Right. <laughs> But I mean, it's not—it's not—it's not just heaven because there's also uh, the peace that he's given to us. It's—it's it's always available. Right. It's like the whole "I give you peace, not as the world gives, but as I give." You know. Um. The the question isn't will he give me peace? It's will I use it? Right. It's like will I believe it? Mm -hmm. Well, I believe that he has given me peace, and that's that's the trick. That's the yeah, real trick. That's. That that that's a prayer I've had to pray, you know, a lot. <laughs> you know, it's like you help me help me use the peace that you've given me. Right. You know, because I know it's there, but it's hard for me to let go of what I've got 
so that I can use God's peace. And that's another big thing about us as, you know, humans, is that a lot of stuff is letting go of us so that we can better, um, you know, understand God. Or I mean, let, letting go is, is one way to say it. More like, I'd say it's better to pour all of ourselves into God instead of uh, using that energy elsewhere where God isn't, you know. Oh, right. Like we were talking earlier about on that book, Every Man's Struggle. Oh, right. Oh, where... Every Man's Battle. Every Man's Battle. Oh, my bad. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's um, a, a lot of people say they got something out of that book. Um, the older I get, the more I feel like it was just well-intentioned legalism. Follow these rules and, you know, eventually porn won't be a problem for you anymore. And um, I have to say, following those rules, and it just might be because I'm stubborn or hard-headed or, I don't know, it might just be me, but I'm sure it's not just me, that following those rules gave it a bigger grip on my life. Because I was spending so much time and energy fighting it instead of trying to get closer to God. Because you know you're not getting close to God fighting sin. That sin's taken care of. Jesus said that. Right. <laughs> Why are you trying to take care of the sin that Jesus has already taken care of? Your your job is to grow closer to God. Now, as you grow closer to God and you accept the identity that you have through Christ, your behavior will change accordingly. And that behavior is not sinning and, and showing love to other people. So don't don't let me you know, get it twisted and say, just keep, just keep, keep doing, keep doing you. No, right. the closer you get to God, the less you're going to keep doing you. Right. The closer you are to God, the farther you are from sin. Right. But the whole, the, the, the point is not how far you're getting away from sin. It's how close you are you getting to God? Because when you start thinking about how far you're getting away from sin, I mean, the pride the, will sneak then, in. Then, then the focus on, is on sin. Right. The, well, not just focus on sin, but I mean, the pride can say, well, I haven't done this in months, years. I haven't done this in 15 years, whatever it is. And then you start feeling proud about yourself, and then you're like, well, no, but that's only because of your focus on Christ, not because of any intrinsic worth in, you know, who you were without Christ, mm-hmm. you know, who you are apart from Christ. So all that matters is, is who you are in Christ. And so you've got to just keep pushing towards that goal, because... That you know that, that that's how you stop sinning, is you get closer to God. You know, that that that's that's how you can be perfect. Is when in every moment all you want is to be closer to God through Christ, and all you want is the identity you have in Christ. And that's and the the, the more that is your life, it's the less possible it is to sin, mm-hmm. because you know you don't need it anymore. You're already free of it. It's just we keep thinking that well it's worked this long uh, or you know it, it kind of made me feel a little bit better before it might make me feel, make me feel better again and then you know we, we lose our focus and we, we do the thing and or in the moment we just lose our minds completely and we don't think about who we are in Christ we just think about what we want in that moment and we do it and you know it, it's 
you're gonna you, when you stumble, think okay. Why did I stumble? All right, and God, show me how I can identify better. You know, be more accepting of my identity in Christ, so that that behavior is not as much of a temptation for me next time. You know, so the, those are the those are the hard conversations, though, especially when you know the sin's fun. And, It, it really does make you feel better, briefly. Right. When nothing else is making you feel better. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is learning to, you know, hold on to God or through that pain so that um, you can bring Him glory with your perseverance and, and your faith. Right, and that's how it all ties back, you know, to that original thing. Exactly. So... It was, sorry, we just like heard an alarm go off. It was like a little birth thing. Pretty sure it's dad's, you know, good morning. No, it's <laughs> no, 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 no not, not good morning. No, my, my world literature class starts in 10 minutes. Oh, dang. Well, then, I guess it's probably a good time to, you know, close the conversation. I mean, I think, yeah, we, 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 we've been at it for a while now. No, that's a legitimate... You don't make it easy, do you? <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this one was intense, man. Like, wow. But uh, if it helps other people, it's worth it. Right. So speaking of, of hard things that make you grow, <laughs> you just witnessed one. <laughs> right. So, yeah, going through difficult things can help you grow. Um, specifically... Instead of especially when you um, focus on God to help you persevere and persevere and to glorify Him. And with that, would you please pray us out? Absolutely. Dear God, you are so amazing. And you've been through me, been with me through things that I didn't deserve to have you. But you, you carried me when I needed you the most. And I just ask you... Uh, help me, help my son, help anybody watching this, and everybody who loves you learn how to turn to you when things get hard so that they can see your face and better know who you are. Um, thank you for all you've done for me and all you've done for my son. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.